Hello and welcome to the SoRare Data Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined today by Surfula to talk about why Contenders is so great. Hopefully, to be honest, I'm hoping it ends up there because I'm starting to convince myself. Surf, you were on a few weeks ago with Sean. Thank you so much for coming back. No worries. Glad to be back. You know, the I was trying to do like a series of shows of people not necessarily responding to the roadmap, but just like what people thought of it and whether their strategies changed and how they're kind of react, how they are going to move forward. And you were on, was it like two weeks ago, three weeks ago? I don't even know. Yeah, something like that. Pre, it was pre-roadmap change. And so it was just a lifetime ago. But you're, you talked about how you changed strategies to mostly focus on the super rare division. This was a few months ago that you made that move. And then particularly in the America division, and that kind of got turned a little upside down with this new roadmap update. So what do you think now? Um, I've kind of come full circle, really. So like <laughs> I was, uh, I know on like the day of the announcement, I was uh, like America going really did feel, I was kind of comparing it at the time to like a death in the family. It was like, I had like a mourning period afterwards where I was mm -hmm. Cause it had just been like such a good division for me and I enjoyed it. I enjoy the leagues, um, their, their leagues I watch, um, and the players I was sort of saying the other day on Twitter, I kind of don't like the D regionalization of stuff because the players I follow in Argentina, they often end up in MLS. They often end up in, um, places like that. Um, they just sort of, go across South America and so sort of splitting it up was a bit um a bit a bit annoying for me um and and as and as well like I've owned a lot of MLS cards purely to play them with my Argentina cards and so I've done stuff like I've, I've I think I mentioned him on the last stream that we did but um Martin Ojeda for instance who went from Godoy Cruz to Orlando I really really rated him hugely highly and so when those cards first came on, I was like, I'll, I'll buy me some of that. And so opportunities like that kind of disappoint me, I suppose. But I've, I've very much come around to the idea recently. Like and at the time as well, I remember I sort of jumped into Discord and did the classic reactionary, the sky's falling and <laughs> everything's going wrong. And I remember it was Scosmo in, uh, in one of the Discords that we're in. It was like, oh, he was sort of trying to make me realize that actually it was probably quite a good idea that this split had happened to me because I can now compete in two regions and potentially be quite strong in both, in both challenger and contender. Mm -hmm. And at the time I remember sort of thinking, oh, just, just shut up, like, <laughs> let me grieve, let me mourn <laughs> the loss of America for five minutes. Um, but I've kind of come around to the idea a lot recently. I've bought some more challenger cards and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> before we, Go any further. Thanks everyone for joining in. Um, looks like Tuggy was here first. Here for the contenders love where the true stars are found. And I do think that is going to be part of our conversation here. Yep. Um, Toby said, most of my is gallery excuse me, is contender, so I'm here for it. And then Bob Franklin finally made the chum into limited by building a nice collection of my favorite teams. So I'm looking forward to contender. That's all it is. Um, <clears throat> Palmer said, isn't it obvious contenders is better than challenger as a value play? We'll get Hell into yeah. that. We'll get into that. Um, Philly Dilly, I mean, it's all just in theory until we see the in-season prize pools, which uh, is there. That is definitely part of it. Absolutely. 
Um, so you said there's no show Sasaki in champs or the contender prize pool. So that's all there is to say. Um, yeah. The, again, thank you everyone for coming in. The, I think what got me about the, the change, and I don't think we can talk about this without sounding a little selfish because everybody, I mean, everybody's reacts that way. They're like, all right, what, what does this mean to like my cards? And I played the America region, I'd say more similarly to you than I think more of the people that I talk with who have a lot of MLS cards and Liga MX. And I played it more Argentina and Brazil. And now those split as well as MLS and Liga MX. So I'm kind of, I feel like I'm either prepared. I'll put it this way. I'm compared to compete in both but I'm not prepared to compete in both. And that's where I'm like, do I even, do I just give up on one? And I don't know which one to give up. Yeah. I kind of felt the same really. I, I like, I obviously I'm much, much stronger in Argentina and I actually, I don't think I actually had a set of starting five players um, in MLS to be able to roll out a whole, um, whole SO5 lineup in, challenger up until the other day when i spent some money on paulinho but um yeah i kind of felt the same and i think when i was sort of reflecting and and part of like my full circle change really was i became really focused on america dying when actually if i sort of looked at the update and looked at what the update did actually suit it suited someone who only plays one scarcity in my opinion um with i wasn't affected by rare pro going i wasn't affected by kickoff dying or anything like that um and i think it also works well on for someone who really focuses on one tier or one kind of league and i focused really heavily on argentina because that's what i knew about and so i i think it works for me i think um but yeah like there's, there's obviously still some stuff to be ironed out on that i also had a lot of people so um, it's quite interesting. A lot of people seem to think that like my gallery was really kind of threshold focused in a way. And I had a couple of people sort of message me sort of saying, what are you going to do with your average cards? Um, I thought, well, my average cards, I, I own them because I think they can be not average one day. I don't own very many for the purpose of playing threshold. That was always a bonus. But like, I think some people kind of misunderstand where the value is in the tier four, tier five level cards. And I think the update kind of helps that personally. But yeah. So you and I have had a number of conversations about the, I'll basically call it the death of threshold. And it included kind of the reaction of people of like, man, now all of my cards are worthless. And there was a very clear difference between people who played the threshold by buying players that were really not that good and probably never had, a ch will never have a chance to be that good versus buying maybe younger players that don't play as much or just don't score that well right now, but one day could be really good and you happen to use them for threshold purposes. And I think just what you said, people were like, well, you obviously have cards for threshold and you were, and it's like having cards for threshold is different than buying cards that 
hopefully never get good so that you can only use them always use them for threshold yeah and we I think kind of agreed that's yeah that's not the game we wanted to play yeah it's but also as well i'm not actually sure it was the game in the first place i was never convinced that the best way to play 240 was to buy some absolute bang average mm-hmm. scoring um yeah rubbishness i'm not convinced that that was ever the right play and i you know I've heard it loads of times, people sort of advising against that. But for some reason, a lot of people, I think it was just because that that constant, seemingly easy to hit number was the most attractive thing. And mm-hmm. like, actually, in reality, if you've bought absolute turd, it becomes really difficult to... Uh, inevitably, they probably drop in value with the rest of the platform as it has gone and stuff like that. And you're probably not really making your money back um but i'm not even so someone sort of mentioned in the chat that it was the best roi way but i'm i'm really not 100 percent convinced it was um i'm sure that people did make money through that way but the best roi for me was like finding an absolute gem that no one had come across and it 10 times in you know so i think the immediacy of getting a return made everyone think that the threshold was the the best ROI and that maybe over a year or two years, it wasn't, but certainly nobody's willing to wait that long. Yeah. And I think to, I think what Tobias is saying is right. In which case it wasn't the best, it wasn't the time, it wasn't the right play to buy the absolute rubbish, but to scout and getting early on players with upside. And that's, I think still the best, that's still the best way to play the game. It's going to say the best ROI was buying 10 Petrolis at the end of last season, which... Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> That's actually... There's a... This is going to become a Petroli uh, show here. Agent Cooper said, talking of goalkeepers, and this was like 20 minutes ago, I thought Franco Armani would be the best contender goalkeeper, but there seems to be another Franco on the scene. But that's Mr. like... Petroli. Has this guy really ever is. picked him out of the net? Actually, only like... I think only like in about eight games of his professional or 20 games of his professional career in about like out of like 40 to 50 appearances or something. He's like got the maddest clean sheet, clean sheet record going even in the second division last year, he was obscene. Um, But like, that's a prime example of like a card that at some point would have been, I'm sure like a tier four, tier five that always had, always had potential. I mean, I, like he was really, really good in river reserves. He became like a bit of a penalty specialist and saved some tricky penalties and things like that. And just, yeah, worked out. So I have, I went back through, this is Petroli. So he was rewarded as tier threes and tier two. So this is back, back in game mm-hmm. weeks, 181 through 185 as a, as a reminder to everybody, we're at 452 right now. Um, and this was back when tier three was the lowest. He had not been rewarded since. Part of that yeah. was like they lost the river uh, license. He obviously moved, moved, so that played a role into it. But he was almost like the ideal DNP reward, if you can. Yeah, totally. And I, I think as well, like um, I know we'd sort of mentioned this before, but actually in terms of um, my strategy of buying players who i think could be really good i actually think threshold kind of held some of those buys back at times and so 
I think it became really hard to judge the potential of a player um, in the old system. So I, I'll use an example of a guy who's kind of worked out reasonably well for me, um, Catrille, um Caballos, who came through at Racing and is really, really highly rated in the Peru setup. And um, basically he got told by the Peruvian national team that if he wants to keep being picked for the Peruvian national team, he's got to go and find some game time elsewhere and actually play because Racing were kind of playing him, but not very much. Um, and so they ended up loaning him out to Alian Salima in Peru. First game of the season, he smashes a 70. And like, I feel like it should be something you're really happy about, but actually it kind of makes you go, oh, now I can't really play him because I'm never going <laughs> to want to play him in like a, a decent lineup and I can't play yeah. him in a cap lineup now. And so it's like, oh. And so no one wants to buy the guy who's got a cap score of 70. Like that just doesn't work. I should have been absolutely buzzing. He should have, you know, but yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, Blue Tomatoes is curious who is the heir apparent to Franco Armani. I think they've both been sold. So Petroli's Petroli actually, and Pataya. Yeah. yeah, I think he's actually signed for Godet Cruz um, full time. And I, I, they'll buy someone, I suspect. Simple as that. One of my favorite things about that. So I bought a, Pet a Petroli not even that long ago. It feels like forever. It was 13 days. Um, the best was that <clears throat> the river collection that I have from 2020, 2020, 2021 has three starting goalkeepers. <laughs> Obviously Armani is still one of them, but um, it was also Petroli and Enrique Bologna when he's, when he's back fit at least. Um, but that was one of the fun things about collecting that team and it's like oh we actually have like yeah. starting goalkeepers and uh centurion is still there waiting to to get a job somewhere i don't have a card <laughs> yet <laughs> but that could happen as well yeah 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 what do you think about this question would you agree the contender cards might be underpriced right now due to people overreacting to them being the lowest tier i think so i, I think um the route to win cash especially and things like that is pretty much the same as in challenger um at least and i think i sort of i did write something on twitter about this the other day but i think i think playing contender is going to be really really great if you've got some knowledge of whatever league or sector you're wanting to to play in and i think um I think there's been a bit of an overreaction to some of the contender stuff. And I think if you've got a bit of knowledge, there's a huge, I think an edge is going to be really effective here, basically. Um, I'm not entirely sure that they're underpriced for everyone at the moment in terms of I th part of the reason why I was so attracted to playing the game the way I do is because I think some people play that game really badly. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, I was sort of mentioning the other day that there's a huge churn in leagues like Argentina. And I think in pretty much every contender league, like even if you look at some of the people always talk about like the Celtic stacks, but the Celtic stack that works right now is completely different to the Celtic stack that worked 18 months to two years ago. I remember looking at Celtic when they first came on the platform and there were guys like Turnbull and people like that who were ripping 60s and... Um, ripping 60 averages and 
even like that Matt O'Reilly, I think he's gone somewhere else now, hasn't he? I just, I'm really sounding ignorant now about Scotland, but I don't think he's left yet. I think he's supposed to leave oh, right. this summer, though. Oh, I don't know, but uh, yeah. But anyway, um, it it changes so quickly, and I think if you're on top of that and you can anticipate those changes and you can find the next guy pretty easy, I think it's just the most awesome league to play. The most awesome league to play. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. The Charlie said he hasn't, he's not left. He's just ass now. Oh, right. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, Philly Dilly said, I think people are underrating how difficult contender will be with 18 leagues compared to challengers eight and champs five scores are going to have to be amazing. Mm. But like, if you actually look at the so like if you look at like second division scoring right now it's not that high and there's also I, I think when you actually look at the number of players with cards and licensed clubs and stuff like that it's also fairly similar to challenger um and actually what is missing from contender is the player that Sean's been pumping for however long Carlos Gill that there isn't an equivalent Carlos Gill in contender i don't think there might be at the moment but no one's done it for the longevity that gil has at all i don't think i mean dela cruz is probably the closest maybe but even he's gone and i think he's he, only, gone now. he only yeah he only stayed in he only stayed at river because of injury issues and whatever else and right. stuff like that he was supposed to go to man city wasn't he well, it was linked, um, but he'd have ended up in he'd have ended up in Europe, or he'd have ended up in Brazil two, three years ago if it wasn't. We we might not have even seen him on so rare if it wasn't for his injury issues. Um, Isco kind of mentioned Barco, but Barco, if he keeps doing what he's doing in the relatively recent past, probably gets a move somewhere as well. So I, it's the here you go. Petroli is the gill of contender. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, we'll take we'll take that. The I actually didn't think of it. I hadn't thought of that particularly. Um, I did. I think it was on the the Sora Ramble episode that Guy and um, and Nico and Dan were on. But I think they kind of made a point that the the number of teams or the number of players uh, with licensed cards is actually much similar than it looks um, because a lot of the contenders leagues are not fully licensed like we have like everybody made a huge deal about the second divisions but they have very few Serie B I don't think any of them are currently like actively licensed so we have players that are there or the ones that got relegated last year but they're not like new Serie B cards and I think the same is in um oh in England like well I guess England's challenger but like I always think like the second divisions are not nearly as deep as people think they are because it's more just coverage for the cards that got relegated last year. Yeah. And I think as well, like scoring isn't that high in those divisions right now. And that might be because you might play your best second division cards in all-star, but even if you're like, like I was mentioning earlier, even if your player doesn't get a transfer in the second division leagues, if they're a real smasher, they're probably getting promoted um, and so you kind of just, yeah. And Charlie said the cash pools represent that as well. <clears throat> At least in the example they sent, it was only a 10% mm-hmm. increase from contenders to challengers. I had here the top 
like my guess is you're going to find there's somebody mentioned in Diego Vicente, but like these guys are good, but they're, I don't know. I don't, yeah, apologies I don't, to Shosasaki, or maybe it's <laughs> Shosasaki and everyone else, but they're, you're right though. I, I never really considered it that way. And like I look at, so I did actually, when I first came on, um, when I first came on, I did actually play a bit of Asia and I genuinely couldn't, I couldn't recognize many names when I looked at the top J league guys now versus what I saw when I first kind of came on. I'm mm-hmm. sure I would have recognized a few. I remember like there was obviously Kikuchi and Sakai and, and guys like that. And I just didn't really see them, which is probably, I think Kikuchi got injured or something, didn't he? But, yeah. yeah, he did. Again, I'm being really ignorant, but. Uh, Blue Tomato said three of five second divisions are fully licensed or am I wrong? <clears throat> they're, they're definitely not like, I don't think we have every, um, I didn't think we had every La Liga Segunda division team or two Bundesliga. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I think I was looking at, um, a guy from Elche the other day and I, I don't think there was guy, many guys from La Liga too. I don't think there was an easy way to find out. Could be wrong. There were Elche cards and stuff like that at one point, but I don't know if there is now. So we had, let's see. So certainly not in England, but they're uh, challengers anyway. It's not, I mean, they don't have all of League Un, let alone League Deux. So um, yeah, like Rodez and Bastia, are they second division? Finn saying La Liga 2 and Bundesliga 2 are fully licensed. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was all of them. Uh, there we go. But that's still only two of the five, not mm. like Siri B is definitely not, is like barely licensed. Uh, here we go. I mean, they don't have all of Siri A anyway, so. Philly <clears throat> Dilly said contenders. Has 107 players with an L15 over 60. Challenger has 86 over 60. So maybe not as bad as I thought. I mean, that's sort of the point is that they're more spread out. You don't have like the five players you feel like you have to have. Yeah. And I think as well, like um, there's just a huge amount of mediocrity in the contender division that does make it kind of trickier to set a lineup. Like I think... A lot of people kind of talk about stacks and stuff like that and really dominant stacks, which, I'm again, is not something I'm convinced is the best way to play the game anyway. But it's hard to find a really a team with a, a group of really dominant players and things like that. And so I, I just think it's an attractive... If you've got a bit of knowledge, I think it's a really, really attractive prospect to play, personally. Yeah, I think it... Like in that respect, is it really not that much different than what we're playing now, or at least how like how you play now? I think the biggest difference is the the players available to win mm. is much greater because mm. at least in the summer when the European leagues are off, like you could use your River Plate cards to win J League cards, which you may not want, or K League cards, or um, I think that's it. I guess yeah. the IMX, they have some, but like 
that that is actually closer to what we what you have now so like yeah it is but i do think that people underrate as well like how attractive some of the guys from the contender divisions will be to win like i look at what's coming through um when we eventually get well apparently it's quite soon that it's going to happen but when we do get new river cards like there's an absolute golden generation of u23s coming through at river right now with um roberto and mastantuono and um subiabre and etc like they're just really really good mm-hmm. um like 16 year olds who are making it who are really challenging to play in the first 11 at river right now they've got the potential to be like really really solid um players in challenger and um even champion going forward like these are going to be real real hype cards and kind of like endrick was i suppose and things like that mm-hmm. and so I, I just see people wanting to win them i do okay but, do you think <clears throat> do you think that there is this idea that the players from contenders that you want to win move to challengers meaning in their own career like they move to a challenger league and then champions like is the possibility that sorer has decided that's the progression that we're getting that you can play contenders and you win cards that those players will then go to challengers and because i feel like there are there are many more players that go from challengers leagues to top five european ones not counting the the uh, promoted teams from the second division in Europe. Um, so maybe that's our progression path. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm kind of like, I've got a pretty much most of my um, challenger players did play in Argentina at some point or came from that neck of the woods. So um, yeah, I, I suppose it does kind of work. I, I've also, I, I know I mentioned this to you before, but I've got like a, all of my, I've got a, a fair few Liga MX cards and they're, I've bought them just because they were either in Argentina in the first place or they, um, or I just know of them from Argentina. So mm-hmm. I, bought them, I thought they were good. So yeah, stuff like that seems pretty fun to me as well. It's interesting what you said before about how the, the change, like the th- change about threshold didn't really affect how you play. And that you didn't play rare plus anyway. Like, I feel like there were a lot of people who were going through both of those things of, man, I focus on 240 and now I can't, and I play rare plus and now I can't. And now I have to figure out the difference between challengers and contenders. And realistically, is are you changing strategies that much? Not hugely. Like, I'm probably not really looking to buy many contender cards right now, which I know is is, is kind of pouring water on the contender fire here. But that's mainly just because I am, um, I'm like that part of my gallery completely takes care of itself now. I feel like um, I've been just refreshing that my Argentina cards constantly for like a year plus now. Mm-hmm. I've got my guys who i think are going to be good i've got my guys who are good at the moment i've got my guys just breaking through i feel roughly sorted 
on that front and likewise as well there's just not a huge amount that i can even buy there because until there's new river cards and there's new things like that um so i'm definitely buying more in challenger um purely because i still feel like i've got some sort of knowledge edge there perhaps not as strong as in contender but i still feel like i've got some knowledge edge there um that i'd like to utilize and i've also got like a my orlando collections like four percent and stuff like that so i think it's potentially pretty strong going into especially with the um collection bonus change well not the collection bonus change but the um scarcity bonus yeah changes i feel like that could be quite effective um because orlando seemed quite good as well so yeah it it definitely makes those collections seem much more powerful i'll put it that way yeah and i'm kind of as well like i've bought quite a few brazil cards recently just because of this mention of special weeklies for the Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana and stuff. And those guys, they're almost kind of strengthening my uh, lineups for those as well. So it's, it, they're kind of strengthening lineups that I'm going to be using Argentina cards in, whilst also strengthening my challenger lineups because they right. kind of tick two boxes, which is pretty nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, Agent Cooper is wondering what your thoughts are about the in-season Argentina cards that are now not in season. And I mean, he said, I was hoping to get Newell's and Boca as well. I don't know who knows if that'll happen, but. Yeah, I'm super disappointed because I got a massive, I, I, I spent, it was probably like, I guess my biggest spend ever really was on buying a whole ton of current season or current season River Plate Super Vares at the end of last season. Just because I was, I felt like it was a collection that was going to be really good because there were lots of links for like Miguel Borja to go elsewhere and he's always scored goals wherever he's been and um, Palavacino is linked elsewhere and Palavacino's generally shredded when he's the main man at a smaller club and stuff like that. And I just felt like it could be a really, really strong collection. Um, and also I just do like River and I spent pretty big and I'm pretty disappointed that I'm potentially, well, I know they say the cards are coming soon like if they were to drop tomorrow i think it would have been like 10 games of new season bonus that i got out of them i mean i kind of it's one of those things where actually i i was saying yesterday i, I was i completely understand if they'd have a clean break on this bonus thing um it kind of sets a dangerous precedent if they were like to be like oh well because we release these late we're going to give you an extra 10 games of in-seasonness I think that sets a bit of a precedent where people are going, these cards were released late. I should get an extra 10 games for these. Yeah. <laughs> and and that kind of thing. So I get it. It would just would have been nice to be like, oh, sorry, we released these cards really late. Just, yeah. But, it, yeah. Yeah, it, it does feel like they're just, not that they're ignoring it, because obviously they like had to say something about it, but you're right. A simple like, oh, sorry. Yeah, because I, I kind of, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a lot of competition as well for those, uh, for the current season river cards. Like, for sure. There's a lot of people who, and there are people as well who I, I know want to be the top collector on those. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty gutted, but yeah, there you go. Swings around about. It's like I, I was sort of saying as well the other day, like, I, I feel like 
everyone has i know you've said it a lot but everyone has something to moan about from all of this stuff like this didn't work perfectly for anyone mm-hmm. um I, I, some people on twitter have been saying stuff like oh look at how prepared pranks he was for it and stuff but i don't think he has been he's been making some pretty big moves since the announcement which would suggest that he definitely wasn't ready for this right. <laughs> um and so like i think if you were if this really if this update like really really works for you you were probably kind of either you've played an absolute blinder by gambling on what they were going to do which was possible mm-hmm. or you just you weren't playing the game right um previously kind of thing so yeah it it, it affects everyone it is that's a funny way to say it because i right like if you the game is very different or will be when these changes happen so if you are fully prepared if the announcement came and you were like i'm ready for the new one then yes you were probably playing poorly previously and just lucked yourself into it uh i remember this quinny was saying they released this uh scotland originally with six games left in the season and yeah. i remember yeah. yeah the i feel like the the it's accentuated with the river and palmaris cards probably more well, maybe it's not as much with the palmaris but like the psg cards just came out and everyone's like you know, there are only a few months left of the European season, and then maybe we get new ones yeah. in in the summer. But there will be a time where the cards they sell and reward right now can be used in in season competitions to win cash, and the River Play cards literally will never get get that opportunity. At least, yeah. And I think as well, one. we we generally know when the next round of PSG cards should come, so long as they maintain the license, they should come you know, roughly around September, August time, mm-hmm. whilst we just, they seem to just willy nilly drop river cards and they drop South American cards whenever, um, right. uh, which yeah, just sucks. But there you go. I'll, I'll live. You, I would say that you are significantly more calm about it than others. Which seems crazy, given how many new season cards that you ended up with. I mean, the thing is, with the in-season type thing, though, I never knew that... No one knew when I bought these cards that that was going to be the game. I can't complain about not having access to a tournament that I didn't know existed at the time. I wasn't buying them to use them as in-season cards. Mm -hmm. I was partly buying them because of the new season bonus, because I thought, if I can get in early on these and stack it stack new season bonus with the collection bonus and stuff like that these could be really strong um because that was something that worked really well for me last year because velez and Knowles kept new season bonuses and i had like a by the end of the season my lucas hojos was on like basically 20 20 percent extra um bonus which was just it was such a powerful card mm-hmm. and so i thought if i've got like armani and i've got Lanzini and I've got Barco and whatever else on those that would just be awesome but yeah you know I can't complain too bad and I think as well like hopefully if this is a clean break and now hopefully going forwards these cards will drop at the right time I think that's a that's a sacrifice I'm kind of okay with really Uh, We had a question earlier from Blue Tomatoes that said, if you had the knowledge which you have for the Argentinian League in a champion league, would you play it the same way? I think so, but it's way harder to do in a champ league, I think. 
because the churn doesn't happen. Like right. if you if you were to look at the top ten scorers I, in champ now, I would imagine that in two three years time most of them are still going to be in and around that. Um, like you know Mbappe is always you'd like to think mm-hmm. is always going to be in and around that. Bellingham, what's you know is always going to be around that. Kane the same players like that, and so I think it's much trickier to play the game in that way and likewise like the young star coming through the academy at manchester city everyone's already heard about Mm -hmm. um whereas i'm not sure everyone always hears about the guys that i like in argentina straight away (laughs) yeah 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 exactly (laughs) well yeah didn't turn out that good well it did for time not yet not yet Yeah, yeah 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 Work in progress, but uh, you know, so said, I think it's much harder. Yeah, he said the knowledge gap is smaller too, which is yeah, what, totally. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. The so, do you find that you now that we know kind of the what the contenders' competition looks like? Do you think you are more or less likely to expand from Argentina? Um. I guess you had some League MX too, but like, are you yeah. willing to extend out of the America region? I did. I, I sort of mentioned this to you at the time. I, I kind of had a little look at some J League guys recently, and I'm I'm really interested. I'm really really interested in getting a U23 goalkeeper. Um, I am because I've got some, I've got some cards that I think are really really good for playing in that division now. Um, if it's going to be like less of a Bellingham and um, those kind of guys. Yeah. fest because they're just not as attractive to play there i suppose now um i've got some guys who i think could be really good and i know you're not going to be able to win bellingham through the summer necessarily but like playing through the summer especially i find quite attractive because whilst i won't have like the mls hype u23 guys maybe i'm not likely to have like um tiago armada and stuff mm-hmm. I've got a lot of guys who I think are pretty good scoring there at the moment. Um, and like Agent Cooper saying, I'll never find a U23 GK playing in the Argentina. I think I could. There have been ones. Um, so like uh, Sebastian Mesa was really good there like two, a year or so ago. Um, he's currently sat on Huracan's bench, but he was really good there a year or so ago. It's just that we haven't had the guys minted. Mm. And I think that's that's a kind of problem for me as well in Argentina at the moment in the, the way I like to play the game is I like to have like my next cab off the rank ready to go. Um, and so like at the moment, goalkeeper, especially all the guys who I had as kind of next cab guys are all currently now playing. Mm-hmm. So Petroli and um, Unsign was kind of that for me last season when I bought him a lot of these guys are now actually playing. And so I don't really have, I don't really have anyone to step in. I've got like a couple of guys out on loan in the second division who might step up and that makes it really difficult going forward kind of thing. But I think if, if I think if, if we had proper, um, if there were like new Boca cards, for instance, like Leandro Bray, he'd be a really useful card for me. Cause I think he, there's a high chance he either gets some game time at Boca if, um, Chiquito Romero gets injured or he goes out on loan. So something like that would be really cool for me. But yeah, they're just not minting them. 
the two players that people mentioned in chat have both have um, special places in my gallery, one <laughs> longer than others. Tomas Derso was one who I bought Derso. It was a long time ago. I don't have it anymore, but I bought him for almost nothing. And like a, I forget who started ahead of him at the time, but he was like in line for like one start. Yeah. Rodrigo and Ray. Is that who it was? I think so. so. I don't know if Ray got hurt or it was co something. And Derso came in. And if I remember correctly, he got a red card. And yeah. Ray came back like by the time Durso's suspension was over. And it was like, well, that didn't work out. And then the other one was Juan Romero, who I won <laughs> as a tier one reward because he had made like three or four starts. And then I got him and then he, I don't even remember if he got hurt or he got benched or, you know, went back to the bench. Um, I probably still have that Romero card, actually. Is it not worth the two ETH yet? <laughs> But yeah, I think that's like that would be the sticking point on U23 because I can I know um sorry, I think someone mentioned um Asako and going for a J League guy as well, but I don't actually think the J League and Argentina seasons link up particularly well. Hmm. Um in in terms of like I think J League's basically coming back um just as we're going to go on like a 6 week break for the gap between um between tournaments and stuff. Right. So yeah, I'm not sure they entirely always fit particularly well. But it's something I'm exploring, for sure. Um, Toby was saying we have Tangvik at Rosenborg. They I should. Into that. Yeah, they line up more than the J League, I think. Mm. Um, and Mike was asking if Bray is going to be the keeper for Olympics. They're talking about making Emmy Martinez one of the um, over wow. 23 guys who they'll take with them so possibly but possibly not yeah hmm. but that would be cool that would be cool because that that would could actually be playable then i suppose right right and then yeah we have copa the copa america break as mm. well mm. yeah so i think that's gonna i think that's gonna make contenders quite interesting as well because there are going to be these kind of bitty schedules mm -hmm. that might make might make things kind of um kind of interesting I, I feel like it easily has the most unclear future just in terms mm. of dominant teams that like, there aren't that many dominant teams. And just like you said before, there's not a Carlos heel of the group that everybody feels like they need to have or else they can't compete. And I'm, I think the thing I'm most curious about is what the rewards look like compared to challengers because Lots of people are very happy with the Challengers Leagues, MLS, Eredivisie, Jupiler, but contenders can be fun. I'm not going to lie. There are just like many more ways you can be creative and win in different ways as opposed to being like, oh, PSV smashed this week, so nobody's winning in Challengers without yep. PSV. And it's not going to happen in contenders as much. Yep. I, I think that all of those things just create opportunity um, if you're willing to put the time and you're willing to put the work in. Um, I just think that's just such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I think, I think as well, like, oh, I've, I've, so I kind of had a conversation with a um, manager the other day who like, it really kind of showed to me how people are scouting for players in terms of contender and how like 
important the knowledge edge is going to be in terms of like they'd kind of just judged buying a player just purely on those scores on Sora data and like this is just like i'm saying this is a league with this is just a competition with so much churn that your past scores just don't they don't influence what's coming um and I, th I think that's clearer when you like look at like the top 10 guys in Argentina and some of them have already left the league. Mm -hmm. Some of them are probably going to retire in the next year or two and stuff like that. It's just, I just think it's going to be fun. Um, Togi said you can only imagine the amount of shit talking Emmy Martinez is going to do to the kids. The <laughs> <laughs> great line. Um, Agent Cooper said contender is going to be the Wild West. Absolute chaos. Don't sleep on Zenit cards and those random Chinese smashers. They've ruined a lot of game weeks for me. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think but then again, like someone who really knows a lot about the Chinese league could be uh could really do well. I I continue to think that the 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 knowledge edge is the greatest advantage anybody has in this game. And as somebody kind of mentioned before, that that knowledge edge really doesn't uh, get as much, you don't get as much out of it in champions because it's theoretically five of the most paid attention to leagues in the world. So there's plenty of news. Everybody kind of knows, like you said, the Man City youngsters, like people know them already. And as you go down, yeah, there's more opportunity to, if you know these leagues really well, Something I've said for years, even just about J League and K League, that like mm. most of us really have absolutely no idea what's going on in those leagues, and you can really take advantage. You can't really moneyball um, and beat. It would be much more difficult to moneyball and beat Pranksy in um, Champion than it will be in Challenger and Contender. I'd say, right, um, where he can just go out and buy the best players, and you literally just can't buy the best players in Champion. So it's like, yeah, it's just cool. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if any of those bigger accounts, like some of them already mm -hmm. have really good cards. Like we know that there are very big galleries, even with river play cards that we, you know, we, they may not uh, actively uh, try to make their galleries better, but they already have just really good cards from there mm -hmm. that they'll just keep playing, obviously. But it does seem like, given the situation, they'll go after champions and challengers. And even still going after just the cash competitions in contenders that maybe you have more opportunities in the classic competitions there. There are a lot of guys, uh, a lot of big accounts with um, like super rare river stacks and stuff like that. And it's like, it's one of the things that I found. So I've won... Since Argentina's been back, I've won America D2 twice. Sorry, I'm saying D2, that is really confusing now. But um, I've won America Super Rare twice now and podiumed once. And I've just found it like, no, I've won it three times actually since it's been back. And although the rewards have been absolutely terrible, I found it kind of like a really easy league to win and play in just because I kind of know what everyone's doing in it already before the game week starts. So there's a few kind of bigger whales down there who are always playing like their, um, they've all got like Armani, Perez and Diaz defensive stacks. 
And I think it was last game week or two games week, game weeks ago where River completely rotated their centre-backs. Yeah. And I kind of had an inkling that was happening and I captained Armani. So that's right. their guys like their guys like didn't play their centre-backs. And I ended up winning with only four guys just because Armani kept a clean sheet and they didn't benefit from that. I was actually the person who benefited the most, even though I don't own... I, on a given game week, I don't actually own the stack for Armani. I've got an Enzo Diaz, but yeah. And so stuff like that, I think, works kind of well. And so actually, I find I find if, if those guys are going to play in contenders, I find that kind of... If someone's just going to play the same lineup every week, I kind of find that quite easy to play against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I feel like that falls under the the knowledge edge that you have. That, mm. um, yeah, one inkling that maybe they're going to rotate, and you just know that those those guys will play them because they maybe they just don't care enough. Yeah, and like I, um, I think it was even the week before that. Armani and Diaz and Perez were all playing, but I can't remember what I did now. But I basically, I'm, I'm, I like this is the thing is that I've always got someone in contenders with a really good fixture to play alongside them. So like, it could be my Brunetta forward or whatever. Like that's another interesting thing is I'm really glad I've still got that card because, like, I think that's really really nice for the <laughs> going forwards. Because like, mm-hmm. I imagine like on an if I've got three in-season guys, which I've got at the moment with um, Unsign and um, Alan Montes and Vicente Poggi, who's gone to Godoy Cruz in Argentina. So if I can line those guys up, that's already my three in-season guys sorted. I can play Brunetta forward card with that, and that's probably that's probably the uh, only guy. That's probably going to be the only one that plays there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just think is really cool. So stuff like that's really nice. <laughs> like that, having Brunetta is nice. Who <laughs> who would have thought it? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's become nicer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it certainly worked out uh, in that respect. Do you think you're going to multi-enter? Oh yeah, contenders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have. I, I'm hoping. I'll uh, at least have my three in um, in the old classic competition. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping to get one out with just the couple of Liga MX guys that I've got in new season into um, the in season. But I think, I mean, the Liga MX guys are going to have like four or five games. I mean, it's a, it's a Nakaxa stack. So it's probably just going to be literally like, they might make the playoffs, I suppose. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it might go on a little bit longer, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. And I think, the way in which it will change my strategy maybe is um, yeah, I'm not really sure on that yet. I've got to say, I know that people have talked about like running, um, running a lineup, say if like river and Boca are playing one weekend, running a river lineup and running a Boca lineup and stuff like that. But like, I'm a firm believer that I'm just going to pick the guys who I think are going to do the best. Mm-hmm. And actually, that might mean not playing any River and Boca guys, and, and if if they're playing against each other, and like I think that's like it sounds really stupid, but I I really do feel like it's something that people just completely neglect is just play your five best guys. <laughs> like people have become <laughs> obsessed with stacking and like trying to find ways in which guys line up with each other and stuff, but 
just play your five best. I'm much more on that side of, I feel like collections have forced people to think they have to play full stacks and the way that they have to, when, when you say, well, everybody's going to run that stack and like, well, then I should buy more collection pieces so that my collection is higher, but they're probably making a weaker lineup because they do have a better card somewhere else that could fit in. And instead they play the full stack because that's what they have. I, I completely agree that people are overstacking at this point. Yeah. And I think, because uh, then Tobias was mentioned about the defensive stack. And I, I do agree. I, I like, I do occasion, I do use a um, defensive stack, but um, I try and look for, like I was saying earlier, the river cookie cutter defensive stack is just being used so, so often. Um, and like Coops has collection, huge collection bonuses on like two, two years at least of river cards yeah. now. And it's so hard to play against that. But like I've got an Enzo Diaz rather than a Paolo Diaz. And so my Enzo Diaz, I'm trying to pick game weeks where I feel like the River fullbacks can smash. Mm -hmm. So like when River were playing against Riestra the other day, I, I just wasn't sure that those cent the centre-backs were really going to do much in that because they, they're probably not going to touch the ball very much because the ball is always going to be in Riestra's half. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going to have so much defensive work to do. Whereas someone like Enzo Diaz, who can pick up decisives from and, and assists and things like that, might work a bit better. And so I think, I think, yeah, I do agree. Like a defensive stat can work really well, but at the same time, I think it's worth thinking about how you can kind of find an edge on someone else's defensive stack and things. And it's not like you're going completely off of River in that situation also like even you're mm. you're literally just playing like if you're convinced everyone is just running lgp and paulo diaz even just running one of them and then going barco and nacho is enough to differentiate although that could be somewhat popular but yeah you're not yeah, going totally. too far off yeah and like i've i kind of find that i'm like barco's such a good card right now i think anyway um in terms of what he can produce that he's just going to go in probably my best lineup from now until the end of the season, but I'm not always going to play Armani in my best lineup. Right. For instance, this weekend when he's up against like Miguel Morentiel, who scores a lot of goals for Boca and stuff like that, I'm probably not going to line him up, but I could still see Barco doing something in that game. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, how good is this kid? Ekaveri? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Close you see similar eyes <laughs> like Enzo. I shouldn't comment on pronunciations of Argentine names because this goes here and he takes the mick out of my terrible pronunciations. <laughs> um, but no, he's really good. Um, he's already um, been bought by Man City. Um, he's really, really good. He looks like absolutely sensational in like the couple of games that he dropped in to the river lineup on at the end of the season. Um, he was pretty transformative in those. So yeah, really exciting. I'm not even sure he's not really played many league games. It was in like the little um, cup competitions and stuff like that, that he really shone at the end of last season. Um, but no, he looks uh, like a really, really good prospect. But like I was saying earlier, River have got 
they haven't got cards yet, but like um, Agustin Roberto, Franco, um, Mastantuono, and um, Ian Subiabre look really good. Which I know I've just butchered every pronunciation. Coaches, <laughs> that's part of the edge. You don't let you know, you can't pronounce it correctly because then people can start looking it up, and now they'll just oh. give up. Yeah, um, it's crazy to see U twenty three until twenty thirty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but like he's. Um, I saw something the other day about them thinking about loaning him out to Girona and stuff. So I don't know about that, but about that, but yeah, he's he looks. It sounds as well like R River have got him on a deal where. Um, it's a loan, but River get paid more for each game they play him in. Hmm. Obviously, because City want to see him develop and they, they want there to be an incentive for them to continue developing him. And so, yeah, it, it should. He, he looks really promising. I did actually have a go at buying a Super Air recently, um, but then Copters kind of came in with um, some big. As he can do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was me out of that one. Do you, so you mostly avoid the European seasons? Like, mm. obviously there's, there's more overlap, I think, than a lot of people realize between Argentina and the European season. But do you think that you will branch out given that there are European overlaps or that can take place of when Argentina is off? Yeah, because I did mention I mentioned this to you at the time as well. Like uh, one of my big concerns is that I'm just going to get relegated in every off season down right. the divisions, which I know you can. Like it would take what three, four game weeks to get back up to the top, but like that does feel a bit naff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have thought about it, but I, I don't know. I. If I haven't got the knowledge edge, it kind of sucks for me. Yeah. And like, actually, I don't think it's a. If I'm playing, if I'm playing Argentina, I don't miss out on a huge amount of. Um, I don't miss out on a huge amount of game weeks. And as yeah. well, I find like the off season, the off season is just super good for me, in terms of, like, someone was mentioning it to me the other day. Like, what am I doing in that time? I probably am on the site more and I'm probably doing more in that off season just because I'm trying to take advantage of every rumor that sounds attractive and stuff like that. And so I think having the time for that kind of thing is just, um, it's just really important for me. And so the season is really just the grind of lineups and. Yeah. Yeah. And like watching games, like it's, it's more, it's more enjoyable, I'd say. Well, mm -hmm. I enjoy both, but um, like I always find that my Christmas holidays are like a, a bit of a grind in terms of just following every um, every transfer rumor and whatnot. So I, I'm I'm not opposed to it, and I think I think I'd have to find some way in which I can kind of like I've done before with like saying about Orlando. That for me was I bought into them because I knew that the players that they were acquiring were really good. Mm -hmm. And if I could find something like that going forward, but I thought, for instance, like Nicolas Castro would be probably quite good at Elche and stuff like that when he went to the second division there. The guy who was at Newell's a while back. And so I might have hopped on that if I was thinking about it, but I didn't go there. I have bought a Champ Europe card though recently. So, you know. What are you going to do with that? 
Uh, I'm just waiting for him to come back to Argentina or, or, <laughs> um, or MLS or something. <laughs> okay, so not actually to buy. No, it's, it's, an, Ign- it's an Ignacio Miramon who um, was really, really good at Hymnasia and um, got the move to Lille, which was like, he's just barely played at Lille. So um, I, I, I'm hoping he, he has like a move in him. Boca were kind of linked to him recently, which I thought would have been really cool. And it's it's got like Boca written all over it. They love like a guy who's just moved to Europe, who's kind of not doing very well. So like they did it with Martin Piero and they did it recently with um, Ezekiel Bajade, who um, Isco's been waiting for me to pronounce. So I, I think <laughs> I think I managed it. Um, but yeah, they've just, they, they get these guys from Europe who haven't quite worked out in Europe and kind of take them back and yeah. So I, I was hoping that was going to happen, but yeah. Win. Hopefully anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, um, what was I about to say? It was something about, I had it and it just, oh, are you the type of manager that, like, are you going to compete for cash because it's something more to compete for, or do you prefer to actually play for cards? Um, I, both are fine. (laughs) 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 Like... Right. I, I think I, I want to be I want to be playing for cash really. Um, like I, I think I think the thing is though what people are kind of underrating in all of this slightly is like last year if if this if the game had been like this last year oh, I could have just been it could have been just awesome for me because I could have won a if you, if I won the cards that I won last year in in season cards, I'd have won the Ford Brunetta, the um, a Lucio Costa, a Hector Herrera, and stuff like that, and I could have just swept up. And so I think there's a real if you can really compete hard in the classic divisions, and you can win those guys. Like I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure really there were many people on the platform who would have had the like money to buy all those guys in season Mm -hmm. um like if you regularly regularly win you can really build something really cool i think that will then allow you to compete for cash down the line and i think that's been somewhat underappreciated in all of this um a little bit i know it's really difficult to like win a full in season team like i i you know like i've won all those guys but i still don't think i've won a I don't think I've ever won a super rare goalkeeper still. Um, and that's after like, you know, I've had quite a few podiums and things. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's not easy, but like if you can get a hold of all those guys and win them, then yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd win so much cash. It's funny you say that because I feel like, I feel the opposite, that I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll just play classic. I'll win the new mm. season cards and then I'll just print. print. And it's like, it's the goalie is the hard one because you pretty much yeah. need to have like a star or a tier one. The the card that we that when you win it, you're just like, oh, a goalkeeper. But now it's almost like they're making goalkeepers great because you're like, you need one for a new season and not having to buy one is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I've got this, um, like I say, I've got this Ezekiel and sign that is going to be in season for however long um, Nakaxa stay playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of want to put some cool pieces around that, but 
yeah, I'm hoping there'll be some auctions and things, but there you go. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, and like, I think yeah. as well, like that was in terms of like what I was saying about earlier in terms of the potential of players, it feels like now the, it feels like now, like buying the guys with lots of potential, which I've been trying to do, it feels like there's a kind of uncapped limit a little bit, or the, the limit is on the top prize. And so, like my, especially if they were in an in-season card, I'd kind of always back myself to, I, I, I can't think of a, a, a contender guy who you wouldn't pay back by winning the top reward in, in the in-season. I think even when they come out in the in, when they they actually release in-season cards, I, that that top prize, if I'm thinking it's going to be what it is, is just going to be super, super attractive. Mm -hmm. Hope so. Like, I'd I'd back myself to win it at least once a season. I'd hope, and so, like if that's possible, then that's huge. I'm trying to think that of the competitions or excuse me, of the leagues that you are competing in now that will be removed. Like there's no MLS mm. and no Brazil. So you still have League MX. And then obviously if the J League and K League schedule doesn't work out or doesn't line up, excuse me, theoretically your opponent, card opponent uh, pool is much smaller. Yeah. So I feel like your super cards. Yeah, I feel like I've got the best. I've, I've nearly anyway got the best Argentina cards already. There's some guys who are super scarce. Like if I had a Ramon Sosa and stuff like that, that would be cool. But there's not very many of those. Right. And so when I was thinking the other day about strengthening contender lineups, the one thing I actually thought about doing was buying another Barco, um, just because I I can't see many comparable mids especially in argentina but wider within contender as well in terms of what his production's like mm -hmm. and so it did kind of tempt me that like if i end up if i end up in the in-season competition i'm gonna want to play my barco as one of my two old season cards in that yep. alongside probably my brunetta and so then you've got I, i'm not playing him in a classic and so it did kind of tempt me to pick up a second one as a way forwards. And I do think that that's something we might see more of. Like, And that kind of comes back to, um, I think, Agent Cooper's question earlier about how I'm changing things from multiple lineups. That is something I had considered, but I've not done yet. It's almost like Coops knew it was coming when he got the extra Armani and then <laughs> got rid of it. Yeah, and then, then got it uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> He's got he's got a couple of duplicates though of some yeah. players I think but yeah like literally I because I I just couldn't I was trying to think of like certainly not in Argentina anyway there's not a mid that really comes close to him um, and so just buying more of him felt like the way forwards but yeah I I don't know there's like some goalkeepers as well I think I could do with but I was looking up his similar players. Um... And it's just, I, I think everyone who knows Barco knows he scores really well, but I don't know if everybody knows just like how well he's been scoring. 
but like literally a similar players are like Foden, Dewsbury Hall, Odegaard, there's Brunetta. Like it's some of the literally mm. the best scorers on in the game right now. Mm. And he's one of them. Yeah, I mean he's been he just looks really good. He had that shocker the other night where he was he really mm. got a bit um mentally affected by the penalty stuff. But he's 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 the key guy. So yeah, it does tempt me to get another. Responded perfectly in the next game too though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, super key. I I'm I'm tempted. Where do you think he goes next though? Well, like there was like a link to was it Qatar or Saudi recently? But he turned I I think the the offer had to be accepted or something and he ended up turning it down himself. I, I think that he's he's an interesting case in terms of having been to MLS and then come back. Yeah. Like when he went to MLS, it was kind of like that was probably the big MLS transfer in terms of that bucked the trend of the big transfers to MLS in terms of like it wasn't just a a washed up guy who's kind of a bit old and was at the end of his career. But this was someone who'd like, I can't remember what he'd done, but it was like the Sudamericano or the Libertadores final with Independiente had absolutely dragged them to that point and then was making a move to MLS when he could have been going to Europe. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of affects maybe his next destination hmm. because it's unlikely it's going to be in challenger. It's probably got to be right. It's probably got to be champ, which is kind of interesting in and of itself in a way. Like I think he's the style of player as well, who is interesting, even in a, even in like a stronger side, potentially just because of the style Thiago, of Thiago Almada before Thiago Almada. Yeah, kind of. But even Thiago Amada kind of went to, in my opinion, he ended up in MLS because of some issues that probably put European teams off in terms of he was part of a a sketchy kind of legal case in um, in Argentina that was a bit sketchy mm-hmm. and actually wasn't doing that well for Vélez. He was hmm. just fine. He was like, he was good, but he wasn't like, absolutely he wasn't carrying them in the same way that barker was there were actually better players at velas and so his kind of like explosion at atlanta has been kind of slightly different in a way hmm. but like the other one the one that probably like springs to mind as being like closer to like the barker one is actually velasco just because velasco came from the same the same club in independiente had done a similar thing in terms of like just carrying them for a season um he hadn't done it for as long as barker had and hadn't achieved as much but yeah i'll admit i i was always convinced that barco was just a byproduct of almiron and joseph martinez being (laughs) two of the five best players in in major league soccer and i was wrong he's legit but he looked he looked terrible when he first came back to river as well he was really bad really bad um and like he just but i think that was he was playing in a difficult position to play in at river um, like the guy who ends up playing, like under Gallardo, there was always a guy who played really wide, who picked the ball up on the corner flag a lot more than like on the edge of the box. And so like in terms of what they did, it was really hard. Like if you look at like um, De La Cruz's early scores on the platform, 
they were from when he was kind of farmed out wide and they weren't that strong. Um, it was only when he got brought into the middle that he was any good. Um, and so like Di Michaelis has kind of got him playing as more the main guy for River, mm -hmm. which has worked well. Yeah. I'm going to buy another one. It's just going to happen. <laughs> you should buy a Supra. Um, I mean, I would like to, but... Um... Oh, man, there is one. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know how to value a card like that at the moment, though, because like everything in Contender's kind of gone down. Um, like You can buy a Gabriel Arias Super Rare right now for, two point, for point two four or something. Really? Yeah, like, like really, yeah. Well, there was one list. There were two listed at that price yesterday. Like it's two point two four. Oh, they both, oh, they've both gone now. Yeah. Oh, damn. Because that was something I was tempted by. That's probably a bit for the better for me. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's tempting, that sort of thing. Because like these, this is the thing: is I, I'm not quite sure why these guys have plummeted so hard when they've got a really similar access to cash rewards as Challenger does. Um, it's just I, the bottom of the pile thing. For yes, me. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Hmm. I just don't yeah. see how the access to cash is that much different at all. It. It doesn't seem all that different. Let me see if I can pull this up. I do remember they were saying that the cash for contenders was going to be similar to the prem. Yeah, right. so I think it's like it's. Yeah. Here. They said two hundred k for um, contenders, didn't they? Yeah, and challengers. Yeah, yeah like somebody said before, ten percent mm. more. Mm. And like, because you can look at like the current prem special weekly prize pools, can't you? And um, it's like in season super rare. Because it's not the full prem. It's not the. F they haven't got that that prize pool up for the um, prem yet, have they? I don't think they haven't put two hundred k, or maybe they have. No, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure. That was per game week. Is that what it was? Yeah, but like yeah. first place in Premier League in season Super Rare wins like three thousand six hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like that. If that right, if that's the first place prize in in yeah. contenders, like that wins you a lot of those Gabriel Ariases. <laughs> <laughs> that wins you a lot of those. Saying two hundred k per yeah. month. It's two hundred k a month, but the um that's the same as the Prem one, isn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah, it's identical. For illustrative purposes, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 optimistic about it. And because actually, as well, everyone wants to win as much cash as possible, don't they? So, like, I, I, if you're, um, I know people talk about like the card rewards being weaker because people don't want to win them as much. But like, if that's the rewards, I don't see people not wanting to play it or be involved in it in any way. Like some of the big guys, especially, like, there's a point where they probably cap out their champ lineups and where they're right. thinking, what's next? The next place I can win cash is contenders, so I'll get involved in that. So, yeah, I don't know. 
let's let's just hope they don't and they just go to challengers and leave all the contenders money yes yeah, true that's yeah that, that works for me that works for me. <laughs> everyone who's still here after an hour and 15 minutes we'll we'll take all the contender money yeah and yeah, everyone else can have that that silly champion europe cash um all right i think that's uh that's good for today um thank you everybody for joining if you guys could please like subscribe all that good stuff and um surf i i appreciate you coming on and talking about all that because it like we were, I said before, like a lot of this is very personal of like how we're responding, but I think it was really helpful because you had a very clear strategy that you talked about a few weeks ago. And uh, I was very interested to hear kind of what you had to say of, of the new SoRare and how you fit in. So uh, thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me again. Thanks, guys. Good luck. <laughs>